All right. Champagne soccer, we back. Marcus, Anthony, how y'all feeling, man? Yeah, feeling great, man. How about yourself? Merry Christmas. None of that yeah. happy holidays. Yeah, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, Ephraim, unfortunately, isn't able to join us because he's getting his boogie on at a Roots concert. So, hey, that's legendary. Whenever you can see an all-time great artist perform, you got to see that. So, salute to Ephraim, man. Cletus, how you feeling, bro? Man, this is it was a geek weekend for me, but you know I'm back, ready to, to spark some flames today. So yeah, you know what <laughs> Boy, that's what's up. Uh, hey, weekend. This is a this is what I'm gonna call panels choice, man. So where do y'all want to start? We can go in multiple directions. We can go on the matches that happen on Boxing Day, and today we can talk about some international reports that I got for y'all. Where do y'all want to start at? And let's start off with Boxing Day, man. You know, it was a hot, hot, hot day. All right, bet. If you guys aren't aware out there, the Premier League always plays a good amount of matches on Boxing Day. It's similar to the NFL having games on Thanksgiving or the NBA on Christmas. So, you know... The Premier League, after the World Cup break, started again yesterday, you know, on the 26th. And I guess I'll set it off because, you know, Arsenal, they're still in first place by some miracle. <laughs> they played West Ham in a London Derby and won 3-1. Um, the match was, I think, significant in a couple ways because this was Arsene Wenger's first match uh, returning to Arsenal since he was fired in 2018. So to play well, watching, you know, with Wenger, our greatest manager, watching, that was nice. And then the Cronkies were there too, Stan and, you know, his son, Josh. So that was cool that they came, watched the team play, and they were down, uh, they were down, one nil early. They gave up a dodgy penalty. Eh, I didn't think it was a penalty, but hey, it is what it is. But this isn't the old Arsenal that when they go down a goal, they give up. They still stayed strong and patient. And eventually they were able to equalize. I believe the first goal was by Saka. Yes, in the 53rd minute, Odegaard mishit the ball. <laughs> That was an accidental assist. Saka, quick touch, turn, shoot. And then five, six minutes later, Martinelli scores the go-ahead goal. And then Nketiah finishes it with his get your roll on, shoulder roll. And yeah, 3-1 comfortable victory. Arsenal looks good. So that was nice to see. Um, who else played yesterday? Oh, yeah. It was a lot of hot games, yeah. man. I remember like a lot of you. Yesterday, I was watching the um, the Leicester Newcastle game. For me, Newcastle is a team of the season. I don't care what anybody else says. Like, I think they're achieving way above what they're expected to achieve. And just watching them play Leicester, bro, they dominated the shit out of Leicester. Like, 
That old money looked good. Bruh, they was they was making these. They look like scrubs, and I'm like, wow, Gucci Bandana's not even playing. Yeah, you feel me? I'm around had a focus goal. Like they 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 look really solid. Isaac, I don't think that's... Isaac that plan either. Oh, go ahead. Right? No, I was about to say Isaac not playing either. Right? Yeah, I don't think he played either. Nah. He's coming back from, he's dealing with like a slight injury. But yeah, I mean, you, we know Lester's in the mud. Yeah, Shout they, out to Brandon Rodgers for keeping his job. They they suck. Newcastle is balling. I feel you on that, Clay. There's some, they haven't even dropped a bag yet on their roster yet. I mean, they did sign Hotman. They signed Bruno Gamerich. But other than that, Isaac. But other than that, they haven't really went too crazy. So for them to still be in the top four race, without having to drop a bag yet is very impressive. So that was a good result for them for sure. I seen a meme on Twitter the other day. It was like, you know, the oil, the Man City oil money compared to the Newcastle oil money is not the same. And it scares me that, you know, if they start pumping this money into Newcastle, give it a year or two, like the top six is not going to be the top, top six anymore that we've been used to the past 10 or 20 years. It's going to kind of, you know, go back to the basic where, United's competing against Newcastle. Newcastle's competing to win the league. Like, that's the trajectory that they're looking at, like, in the next couple of years. For sure. Yeah, definitely. They have the money. They have the big club, you know, mentality. Because, hey, we all know if you're a student of the game, you know Newcastle used to be a big club. They're not a small even, team at all. Even in the championship, they had one of the biggest attendances in Europe. So now that they back up and they have oil money, oh, yeah, they're going to be an issue. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, Marcus, why don't you let us know what happened with Liverpool? They won 3-1 versus uh, Ashton Villa. That was a pretty convincing victory. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I would say it was a lot. Of, it was a couple questions, questionable moments um, on our end. But overall, it was a good match. Uh, we had a little bit of history. Andy. Taking over uh Lee and Baines uh Everton uh most assists for left back um goal for a defender I mean, period right yeah 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 for a defender period he took it over outright with fifty four the record was fifty three so um I mean I felt like we looked we looked fresh like everybody that played from the World Cup was fresh Van Dyke looked fresh um shit everybody I mean Hendo fresh. Uh, even my guys that rode the bench, Fabi, uh, Fab, Trent, they all look good. Um, yeah, that that Trent goal to set up Andy to set up Mo Salah will be my champagne goal of the week. But um, I think we looked decent outside of Matip yesterday. Matip to me in the air was trash. Um, Watkins was doing was having his way at certain times, and that was the weak point. I do think it's funny. That now, um, late games, we just swap out Trent. Like, he just swaps uh, Trent for Gomez. It's not even a question. It's like, nah, bro, I'm not finna lose a game with your defending. So, um, I like the tactics. And then, also, after that game, we got some more, even more pleasant news, Dan, you know? But we'll get into that later. But all in all, I think it was a good match, especially a bounce-back match from, from the tournament. And we didn't get no injuries. And my young boys... Drop Doke, Stefan, 
18 years old, got his first gold, man. For sure, yeah. Uh, what is, he's from Spain or something, right? Um, Stefan, I think he, I don't know exactly his origins because <laughs> he, I thought he had a German name at first, but then I looked it up and he's not German. <laughs> yeah, thank you, know, uh, boy. Yeah, thank you. If I'm not mistaken, he has Spain national citizenship. Yeah, yep. Nationality Spain. Uh, well, yeah, salute. So, do you think moving forward was Oxalate Chamberlain just starting as a placeholder? Or, hey, yeah, because hey. you was you was nervous when you saw him in the starting lineup. Be honest, man. Had me really confused. Okay, pre match, I was very confused with the starting lineup. I sent a message. I think I was like, Ox is starting. Let me roll up the gas. <laughs> but you know what was funny? Ox was productive, and I'm gonna need uh, what was that? What is that? One or two more performances from Ox. Before Gakpo gets up to uh standards, because he can ride that bench afterwards. Then well, you know, you know, Ox is a substitute teacher, so he'll be ready to sit on the bench again soon. It's yeah. okay. No question. He was looking, he was looking to find another injury towards the end of the match. Klopp just pulled him off, like, nah, nah, nah. We're not doing that one, bro. Not today. <laughs> and I had and I had my injured all-star Nabby uh come back to the fold. So it was it's all good news around here. That's what's up. Uh, another team that had good news is a team right behind you guys on the league table, Brighton. They defeated Southampton 3-1. Uh, it looks like my man is still no PT, Lante, bench boy. <laughs> but um, I like what they're doing, man. They're 4-2-3-1 looks solid. Um Lalana scored the ghost of Christmas past. Solid March scored. Bruh, bruh. <laughs> so you gonna tell me that he can't get game time over Sully March? Who uh Lampty? Hey, well, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, yeah, March is sitting him right now, bruh. Yeah, I mean you goals know. and assists, what we doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Weltman is his uh the coach's option. That's what he prefers at right back. I get it. Hey, Lamptey is a little homie, so <laughs> I get it. It's hard to play him as a pure right back. He's better as a wing back. But hey, Brighton, do y'all think that there'll be legit threats to you know fight for a Europa League conference league spot? Or do you think they'll fall? I could, off I could see them going, I could see them at the conference league. Um, I don't think they have enough to battle it out for Europa League. I, I think the competition for Europa League is kind of more intense this year than I think the Champions League spots are. So I think they'll, they'll be lucky to land in the Europa League, but I think it's more like a conference league type of thing for them. Word. Uh, oh, yeah, another London Derby, Fulham 3, Crystal Palace nil. That was disappointing. Crystal Palace, they did have two red cards. Tariq Mitchell. USA. USA. Very disappointing game, man. Very disappointing. Tom Kinson, the 57th minute red card. Yeah, it was disgusting. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see how, you know, they was part of the parlay for me. I thought it was going to be the, the guarantee win, you know, two goals at that. But then looking at their lineup, I was like, they may not have all their starters, but 
I think yesterday was like one of those games where they were just like, they didn't have no discipline whatsoever. And that's, I think that's what kind of really ruined them against Fulham. And Fulham is having a great season, but in all in all, with all the talent that Newcastle, I mean, uh, Crystal Palace has, you would kind of expect them to win that game. So I was really disappointed for them to end that game with two red cards at that, honestly. Yeah, it was nasty. Uh, Marcus, you were saying the USA chant. Your uncle Tim Reen scored, man. How did you feel about man, the my grand my grandpa Tim Reen scored? What you mean, uncle? Shit, man, 30, Tim Reen is thirty four, man. Tim Reen is thirty five. Yeah, actually, we would actually be in college with him. He's actually our classmate. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to add more age, so she damn near forty, but hey. I ain't gonna lie, that was that was actually one of my top uh, nominees in my little top five for goals of the week. Uh, I'm not for sure if y'all touched on this. I thought that Wolves game was pretty exciting, actually, too. Oh yeah, uh, we'll get to that yeah, next. I'm about to say, Swole Boy actually gave an assist, but that Fulham game, yeah, like how y'all said, they lost their uh, composure, and with um with the head coach, I wouldn't think that would still be happening. I would have thought that with the old tenure, I thought that he was a little bit. This guy, uh, Vieira, was a little is a little bit more of a disciplinarian. So I thought those guys wouldn't get out of line like that. But I mean, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Anthony, did you see when uh, Pep Guardiola lied and told Tim Ream, "If you were twenty four instead of thirty four, you'd be on my team." <laughs> Nah, man, I didn't see that. That that lie didn't reach me. That's crazy. That's another pet for that's pet for you. Yeah, Selling man. dreams. Capavelli. Selling dreams. Well, you said that lie didn't reach you, Anthony. <laughs> nah, I I see him uh bagging on his investment in Calvin Phillips, and he's coming back fat <laughs> from the World Cup. That's that's what I'm bothered by, and that's not a lie. That's, that obviously must be the truth. Oh, man, must be you saw good. his bet, Anthony? It wasn't impressive? Nah, man. I, I was checking his fitness records and stuff. It, <laughs> it's off the charts. It, it is something going wrong, going on over there. He had too many pastries or something. <laughs> I mean, my thing is, though, like, we all know y'all didn't need to sign him, but is this another one of those peps, you know, I want, so I buy, and then it destroys the player type of situation. Because nah, we kind of did. We we kind of did need him because yeah, uh, y'all need him. Fernandinho, y'all need him. Fernandinho was. We probably didn't need his caliber. We probably didn't need his caliber. You're right, Claytus. But we did need a backup uh, defensive midfielder because Fernandinho was leaving, and the time that we played somebody else that wasn't Rodri at defensive midfield, we lost the Champions League final. So. <laughs> we did need to pick up somebody. Yeah, yeah you I remember. Mean, didn't y'all, Calvin, didn't Phillips. Y'all loan the Calvin Phillips was happy to sit down. He didn't have ambition, so that's on him. And now we see he's moving like your brother Hazard. You get a big contract, you get a big stomach. <laughs> Go ahead, Dang, that's what happens. You, you yeah, get paid. You get paid. At least, at least is, my man. Hold on. Is, it, is that what's going on with Mares too? <laughs> oh, he's I mean, big hey. stomach boys. <laughs> They got they got yeah. the lined up now. So he got paid. He getting lazy. Hey, Anthony, what what was going on in that documentary? Remember my uh, Riyad's pasta? Let me get Riyad's pasta. <laughs> yeah, you know he has his own yeah, recipes in the kitchen, man. Yeah, he's definitely in the kitchen. Yeah, he the got pasta, the cooks making his own spaghetti. 
Hey, but Marcus, were you about to ask about uh, Lavia? Yeah, I was going to say, why, why y'all just didn't use him then? Shit. Hey, man, kids, he uh, needs to think, man. Yeah, well, he still needs to uh, upgrade himself. But I, I, I feel like the Southampton move is going to be beneficial for both of him and us in the future. But yeah, that's true. We'll see about Calvin Phillips, man. We'll see about that. Now, uh, Marcus, let's go into the match you were talking about because you're right. It was entertaining. Last-minute victory for Wolves, defeating your Ops Everton 2-1, man. Let us know how you felt about that match because you're right. It was hot. I had to screenshot Frank's face at the end of the match. I love I love when I see the Ops Thank and you. they looking defeated. Um, It was actually a funny match to me because I thought it was going to end 1-1. And then... What is that? I guess homie gave them some type of what is it? I did not know that Julian swapped uh leagues as well. Lobotegi, he he he's in the Premier League and he's coaching. Yeah, low. I did not know. Very, very, so when I when low. I turned I turned it on like maybe last 20 minutes of the match, and then I it, it was perfect timing because that's when all the action started happening. And like I said, that last little run. Everybody on Wolves was trying to get in the box. Nobody on Everton was trying to defend. And they just, they got a lucky bounce. A fucking defender got the ball played up on him, and then he just got the ball in the net somehow. It was amazing. It's, like I said, it was amazing to see um, Frank's face. And the swole man <laughs> actually coming around and giving assists. Yes, you don't get goals, but actually give assists, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, salute to Adama Traore. Um, it was an interesting match. I was paying attention to it a little bit because I wanted to see how, you know, Frank's golden boy, Anthony Gordon, was developing. And I like to see my brother, Alex Sawobi, you know, how he was moving. And it was an interesting match. I'll say that uh, Everton and Wolves, that, that was a nasty relegation match. Wolves needed that victory. Because even with the win, they're still in 18th place. So, yeah, that match was very interesting. But I wonder what they'll be doing in the January transfer window. Because Diego Costa, that grandpa played 90 minutes and was doing nothing but running, man. Did you yeah, see yeah. that, Quintus? All his games that I've seen him in the league since he's been back, has been a lot of, a lot of you know, running niggas over, just causing a lot of havoc <laughs> and injuries. Yeah, what is he, bro? Like, he just like, like he just out there to foul folks. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all he's doing out there, to be honest. Hey, my friend said he he plays football like he's Bam Bam Bigelow, man. Old school wrestling reference. <laughs> just read it. But hey, man, let's talk about the last Boxing Day match, another London Derby, Bright uh, Brentford two, Tottenham two. Tottenham, they love to go down by a goal or two before they take it seriously. Claytis, is this ever going to come back to bite them? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a question. Are the results of, of the matches that Brentford win, are they going to get taken away if he gets, if homie get found guilty for gambling? Nah, nah, nah. They're going to look straight, man. They because he's appealing it, and like you said, he has until January 4th, I think, to decide whether he's going to plead guilty or not. He's cool. Yeah, normally they, they don't really take actions against the team for individuals when they, like, make side bets 
or like gamble and stuff like that. As long as they're not able to prove that like he read games, they don't really like charge the clubs for stuff like that. But yeah, how did you feel about the draw, man? Oh, well, ask the question again. I'm sorry, doesn't Marcus have me confused? <laughs> how did you feel about Tottenham once again? Oh, oh I mean, Spurs, Spurs are Spurs. What, what more do I need to say? Like, you're down, you know, two goals, and then all of a sudden it needs a, a somewhat magical moment from Harry Kane to rally the troops together. But this is what we be saying about teams where, like, if you really want to win the league and take that next step, like, to that next level where, like, you're a dominant team and you're fighting for trophies, like, you can't keep letting stuff like this happen week in, week out. Like, yeah, it's cute that you fought back and you tie the game, but at the end of the day, like, you're not showing any progress as a team, to be realistic. Um, I can understand why Conte is frustrated with the team and he's been trying to, like, make so many changes to the formation, but in reality, this is Spurs. They're going to go up. They're going to come back down. They're going to keep going up, sell your dreams, and they're just going to go dive back down to the bottom. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can finish out in top four. They have a talented team, but the way, like, the league is set up right now, like, getting top four and getting into the Europa League is way more difficult now than it's ever been in the past couple of years. So I don't think they're going to be able to make top four. They might be able to squeeze into Europa once again, but, like, the inconsistency to, like, to losing and fight back is not gonna, it's not helping them at all. For sure. Now, Anthony, are you, do you believe in this Tottenham team that they'll be a threat for anything? I mean, last year they did give City fits on the race for you guys to win the league. Do you think that they are a threat this year? <laughs> uh, it's funny you asked that earlier when you brought up Brighton. And if they'll like make a run for anything, um, I was like, yeah, in my head, I was thinking, yeah, they'll they'll make a run for probably Europa League because Tottenham is going to make it hot for them. They'll, they're going to drop a <laughs> lot of points. But uh, so I really don't believe. Yeah, <laughs> that's how much I was thinking nasty thoughts. And like, man, if anybody makes it hot for Brighton to rise up, it's going to be Tottenham for real. Um, but uh they have a nice squad, but I don't. I don't think it's going to be uh, set in stone. I think Marcus's team, Liverpool, is going to pick up steam, and uh, we're going to see Tottenham, Tottenham it up and give way for somebody else to make it in that top four. Word. Now, uh, let's go to our matches. Two matches today. Claytis, your boys, Chelsea won two nil, but unfortunately, Reese James who I think is the best player on your team was subbed off in the 53rd minute with an apparent knee injury. Uh, do you think Graham Potter forced him back too early from injury? Um, I don't want to say forced, but Reese being Reese, I'm pretty sure he had everybody thinking that he was hundred percent ready to go. He's the type of individual that doesn't like to be on the bench. He likes to be active and, you know, he's very like commanding and demanding of a person on the pitch. So yeah, but at the same time, um, yeah, like you said, we just lost our best player once again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how, like, we adjust to that. We're trying to still buy players. I heard that we're currently in for a defender for Monaco. Um, I also heard that we're trying to find a replacement for Corella already, which I'm pleased that we're being proactive and we're not waiting for two, three years to pass until we see that he's not good enough. Um, but 
I'm glad we also won today because if we didn't, like the more of the teams is going to be even more shitty and just climbing back up the ladder is going to be even more difficult for us. So I'm, I didn't read too much into the game. I like that we made some changes, um, try to bring in some young players here and there, but um, I'm more worried about seeing how consistent we are going to be towards the end of, end of the season. How did you feel about your boys Havertz and Mount for their goals? Did you like the pattern of play, the movement that the attacks seem to have? Because that's been an issue with <laughs> this season about their final third production. So how did you feel about the chances they took and scored with? I feel like it was more a uh, free flow of an attack, which like they're pretty used to because they're the type of people that like to play in space and make late runs and stuff like that and, you know, combination plays. So I'm glad that they got their goals in. Um, but again, it goes back to the consistency thing. Like, you know, Mason, a few years ago, he was very consistent. And I think this year he's dropped off a bit. Um, same thing with Kai, especially with Kai. I think Kai needs to develop on his consistency and performance level. Um, but I'm happy that they got the goal. I feel like, you know, that's definitely going to motivate them. Even playing in the World Cup might have, you know, sparked them up a bit. Um, being away from Chelsea, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how we play moving forward. I'm glad, you know, I, we didn't play with the striker like a Bumiang today. Um, we kind of let, you know, everybody kind of interchange and try to combine with each other in midfield. So that was good to see. Now let's get into United 3, Nottingham Force nil. Uh, Marcus, they tried to do some Nottingham Force, your boys, the 20-plus transfer club, they played <laughs> – Lingard at false plan. Did you see that? Bruh, they thought Lingard was coming back for revenge. Shit. <laughs> that rain started coming down. Them ideas start drying up. Goddamn United start having a damn training ground match on their ass, man. It was, it was ugly, in my opinion. When yeah. it was two zip, Forrest had a chance. When they didn't, when that 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 outside goal got took for Bali, it was over with. Yeah, <laughs> Marcus Rashford, Martial, we got we got folks that's coming back from the dead out here looking good today. <laughs> like, what is this, man? <laughs> yeah, the funniest part too was when uh, Erickson got subbed off for Fred, and then Fred scored in the 87th minute. Did you see how hype he was, bro? Because he know he's a bench boy. Like, it's funny he has to embrace that role now. It's it's wild though. I I do find it weird that Erickson's Erickson is an everyday player for United when he wasn't even an everyday play. I mean, every match player for Brentford. Yeah, it's funny. And and a couple of months ago he was looking at retirement. Yeah, now he's now he's a star in a double pivot. That put that boy to work. <laughs> boy, that man be running like he's 20 years old. <laughs> it's sick, man. I don't know why they think it works so hard. <laughs> like like he didn't just come back from come on, man. <laughs> like he got a, a a pacemaker out there, some shit. Yeah, man. Hey. Speaking of a pacemaker, did y'all see Luke Shaw at left center back? What was that? I'm just trying to find a way on the pitch, man. That's what <laughs> I thought about. Instantly. I was like, oh, you, you told Casemiro, hey, bro, don't worry about it. I'll hold you down at that left back. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> tactics, okay? 
Oh, uh, man. So, hey, let's get into this real quick. Do you guys think that um, from what you've seen, because we know the banter gets heavy when teams talk about their attackers. Claytis, what do you think about Rashford this season? Do you think he's turning a corner in his development? I don't want to say he's turning the corner because there's been so many times where we've said and we thought he was turning the corner to like, now you just have to do it and show it consistently. You feel me? A lot of players is like, they have that week where they score a goal here, da, 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 and then nothing else. And the thing with Rashford is like today he scored a goal, but like afterwards, like what did he really do? Like what impacts they really have in the game. And those are the things that, I feel like people don't be paying attention to. They just look at, oh, he scored and he did that. But, you know, there's a lot you're supposed to, like, bring into your game when you're playing as a number nine or as a number 10 at a club like United. And I think more it'll be more so next season where we might really could say, all right, he's starting the season. We could really fully judge him. But right now I feel like he's on a great run. But it's not enough for me to be like, all right, you know, Marcus is really, you know, he's finding his feet. He's really about to be that guy, like, you know, the media is going to push a narrative, but if you look at the stats, when you look at the player playing week out, week in, week out, is not, that's not what it's giving you. For sure. Now, Anthony, your team hasn't played yet. Um, On Wednesday, tomorrow, they'll play Leeds at home. What is your, or uh, sorry, away. Um, What are your expectations for that match? I think it's going to be a close match at first, uh, but I can see a uh, 3-1 victory, almost like Arsenal. Maybe Leeds goes up early, and then we got to claw our way back to make it look decisive or or, get, or, or wake ourselves up after an early goal from them. Um, but I see uh, – I definitely see us getting a win. I uh, hope Holland activates back up. I know he got a goal in the Carabao Cup. I guess a couple of days ago, but I, I want to see it a, a brace at least. Um, I want to see Foden, man, Kanji, uh, who else? Raj, I want to see everybody, man. I, I want my team healthy, hungry, really don't care about the Premier League. I'll be honest with you guys now. It's January. Arsenal, y'all can take it. It's CL or bust. So if we, I just want our form, I just want our form to look good. Please, please. Don't don't see the league already. Your man Holland got a new Viking hairstyle. He's ready for smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool and all. That's nice. If we win the league, we win the league. I want the CL. So I'm letting y'all know. Yeah, I I want it. I want to win every match that leads into the CL, Premier League included. But I want the CL. That's it. I dig it. I dig it. Are you ready to uh, watch the guy that you are disrespecting in the World Cup? He might he might have heard you. He might he might have receipts tomorrow. Tyler. Oh no. Who? Tyler Adams. Oh dang, you know what's crazy? I was about to say, I may have been talking so much disrespect about this man. Like, I don't even know who he is. I'm not he's not even on my radar. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler Tyler Adams. (laughs) Hey man. Mighty Mouse. Yeah, you got Tyler Adams. Nah, I'm not afraid of him. I, I am afraid of Aronson. Aronson will probably get busy. He he probably can do something, but Mighty Mouse, nah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I have somebody named Bernardo Silva that can handle that. Whoa. You got your own Mighty Mouse. Yeah, he's he's a real superhero. 
Hey, speaking of superheroes, man, this guy kind of played one like one in the early part of the World Cup. Kind of tapered off at the end, but hey, I think he's a fantastic player. And Liverpool snuck over the ops and won him. Cody Gakpo, $37 million guaranteed or a million pounds and then $13 million on add-ons. I think that's a very good price for a young, versatile attacker. But I'm wondering, Marcus, with your crowded attack, where do you think the best place for him to play will be? Oh, 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 I ain't going to lie. I've been... um deep on the on the internet looking at the tactics and, and I'm not gonna lie this might actually be the trigger for three at the back finally next year suppose I, I could see right now this year I think his places is gonna be to replace uh Diaz since we, we think Diaz is not gonna come back till maybe towards the last month of the uh Premier League Jota going to slide back at striker. I think this actually is a sign that Firmino probably will leave. Um, this yeah. is also also is a sign for Nunes to get your shit together. This guy get had double digit assists in the in the uh in his league in the nine matches he played. So you gonna get service. You just need to finish. I, yeah. I think he gonna play the winger for this year, but I actually think this might. Be the rebirth of the 10. Him, Harvey, Fabio, all might be playing that position because they all, in a sense, have that same style, like playing in their end spaces, creating for others, trying to get those little sneaky goals. So, I mean, the world, the world is, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, my, it's about to be amazing what Klopp got going on over here, man. That's all I can say about it. And I heard he has a tactical coach. So he can adjust on the fly. Yeah, he so has a personal like a... tactical coach. Yep, you're right. Yeah, you know, I've been doing a little research, man. So I love the signing. Just like we did with Fabinho, we steal from United when they think it's hot. Stop stop with the Cinderella stuff. We just <laughs> go do business, okay? <laughs> it was Michael Edwards first. Now it's Julian. Shit, I don't know who's going to be next. Might be Jurgen out here pulling the deals. Whoa. We gave United Alexis. You saw what happened with that. My man, <laughs> we get the real town over here. <laughs> what you say? I said that joint. That's the funniest transfer ever. Still, Marcus. They said first day of practice, he saw the United training regiment and said, "Take me back to Arsenal." I'm sorry. <laughs> I made a bad decision. <laughs> but yeah, man. All I can say is Liverpool. FSG or whoever paid it, we about we about <laughs> spending bucks. We ain't about just talking and saying they our favorite target and getting the value to rise like United. Yeah, I'm really surprised that y'all hijacked that signing so quick and so easily from them. Because the whole World Cup, it was a lot of noise that you know they're gonna sign them. They're an advanced talk, and then boom, in two days he's at Liverpool, smiling. Supposedly 40 minutes. It only took 40 minutes. Like I said, I think it was AKA Super Agent Virgil. He told y'all in the World Cup, he's not going to United. He's not going to that B-level club, okay? It was only Real Madrid or Liverpool. And you know, you see where he at. 
Yep, and I think Grandpa Van Hall helped too. He probably told him, "Hey, you want to go to United and play that ugly shit? Go ahead, son." Throw the ass under the bus. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, January starts next week, and the transfer window for the winter will be open. As y'all heard, Liverpool is proactive. They've already signed Cody Gakpo. Marcus is already looking at the tactical setup. So let's see. Uh, City, I don't think you guys will buy anybody, right, Anthony? I think you guys are pretty set unless some freak injury happens, right? Uh, I think we're pretty set. Uh, last thing I heard was us trying to go after uh, Gorio, uh, the center back from um, one of those RBs. Yeah, Leipzig, man. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Hold on. They trying to get the Wonder Kid. The, the yeah. Wonder Kid. Uh. Oh wow. Stop yeah. fucking up my football manager, bro. Now we're too. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only name I've heard for from my uh, club so far that I would actually I wouldn't mind us getting because that would mean either um Laporte would be dipping out or a key maybe next year. Not like I want him because we all know I think he's pivotal, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, that would help phase Kyle Walker out because he's getting old. And he Dan suggested that he probably could play left back and then Kinsella move over to right back, or he can just be amongst our, our center back, I guess, uh, selection. So that's the only person. If not, it's cool. Yeah. Um, he is a Arsenal fan, by the way. Not that that means anything, but, hey, maybe we have money. Maybe we'll look at him in the summer. Just wait on it. Mm. <laughs> y'all going after uh your boy uh Murdoch? Yeah, that guy. I don't know, man. I'm kind of hesitant. I want y'all to let me know how y'all feel too. This guy, I've never seen a player pimp himself for a club like this ever in my life. My man <laughs> is twerking on social media. <laughs> he was watching us uh yesterday on on Snapchat IG. Hooray! When we went in, I'm like, I don't know, man. He's interviewing with Zanchenko's wife. Uh, that brother is thirsty, man. I don't know. He's a good player, but I'm kind of hesitant. Have y'all ever seen a player twerk like this for a move before? It's making me nervous. It's like a no, girl. There's been some niggas that have been twerking for, for moves. Yeah, it's like a girl that, you know, she's extra thirsty. And then you're like, hey, man, what's wrong with her? Hold on. I know I'm lit, but I'm I not that Van Dyke got kind of twerkish as well with us. Remember that shit? Well, he was twerking for everybody. He wanted the city to come get it. He was anybody come free me from this ghetto. I can't, I can't escape this metaphor in my head. But have y'all noticed how Charles Barkley's been twerking for a lot of money? Like, have y'all? <laughs> that's, that's what he does. That's what he does. He was right. twerking, but now nah, you're right. He was twerking for Live Golf just to sign a new deal with TNT. And then he's at Dick Sporting Goods. I remember. Yeah, yeah I'm seeing him on a lot of algorithm uh, uh, ads, man. It's crazy. Hey, it's that... like Vandal now, too. <laughs> he's working. Cletus, hey. Marcus, I was at Anthony's house last week. And when Anthony saw the Dick Sporting Goods commercial, he had to Google who the owner is. He was so disgusted by how Charles was moving. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, That's why. He said he had to look into it. I had to look him up. I had to look him up. 
Yeah, I had to see who pressed this button, who activated this man. It all happened after, you know, Kyrie. And it's like, all I'm just seeing Charles Barkley everywhere now. So I'm, yeah. I'm seeing who he's twerking for. I'm, I'm just curious. And as soon as he said, Adam, some you got to suspend him. He's dissing your religion. So, yeah. so to follow up on your twerking thing, the last person I seen twerk like this was y'all YouTube's a superstar that y'all just sold uh, this year. The French homie. Oh, Lord. Man, who's... You know what I'm talking about. Y'all just sold his ass. I'm trying to think. Who? Oh. Oh, who did we sell this summer? Hey. Aubameyang? Uh, well, he didn't really twerk for us. The ball headed wing, ball headed, ball headed winger, Pepe. Nah, yeah, Pepe. He wanted he wanted to escape his club yeah, very yeah, badly. Yeah, Pepe YouTube videos. <laughs> okay, was all Arsenal videos. Yeah, <laughs> Pepe got signed off the highlights on YouTube. Pronto. Oh man. oh man, because niggas made that shit happen. Yeah, that that is true. Okay, that was more the fans twerking for a winger because I wanted Zaha. If you guys remember, it was between Zaha or Pepe, and I was like, Zaha is older, but he's PL proven, and he's an Arsenal fan. He wanted to come. He was twerking for Arsenal, too. Even his brother was like, hey, man, come get him, bro. Yeah, well, yeah. But Mudrick is different, though, because when you got an Arsenal player's wife interviewing you, and and then they talking go gunners, and then I'm seeing you at uh, your at your house, watching Arsenal videos, watching technical breakdowns so he can see where he's gonna set up. Come on, man! And then the and then the board is saying, "Hey, Mudrick, chill, bro. You trying to fuck up the price? Cause we want more than sixty million. And so far, Arsenal supposedly they bid forty million with twenty million and add-ons. They didn't want it. But now that I'm seeing Gakpo go for fifty million, he ain't worth that much more than that. So." We'll see how that goes. But, uh, Claytis, what do you think Chelsea will do for this window? Um, So far, it seems like we're trying to get Benoit from Monaco and then get Martin uh, Zubamendi, I think, from um, Real Sociedad trying to get a replacement for Conte because I definitely see Conte leaving not this January, but probably in the summer. So those are two sunny. I think they're probably going to go for They're also trying to get um, I think the Martin Sun is more so trying to solidify the back line, but they're also trying to get a replacement for uh, Cucurella, so that's good. But we still need a striker, so it's going to be interesting to see how we play out this January transfer window. Nice, nice. Now, Marcus, do you think you guys will make any other business uh, after the Gakpo? Oh, yeah, it's a midfield on the way. I don't think it's going to be a high-quality midfielder. Everybody keeps saying Enzo, Enzo, Enzo. I'm sorry, bro. I need Jude in the summer. So all this almost $80 million for Enzo, relax yourself. The guy from Monaco, relax yourself. You don't even play consistently in your league. I don't need, I don't need borderline good players. So I, I do think it's going to be another midfielder. I don't know who. Because I think it, it if he gonna get a mid guy, they they need to be young. Um, so I think yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get one more player. I do think um we need to go ahead and get Nate Phillips up out of here so we can justify a new uh center uh center back also. So yeah, hope hopefully a new another midfielder, I would say. 
I dig that. Now, before we get into our big discussion, let's rehash this real quick. Uh, I want Claytis and Anthony, your thoughts on Andy Robertson becoming the all-time top assistant defender in PL history. Um, do you think that Klopp has taken wing back fullback attacking to another level because Trent isn't far behind either. So eventually the top two playmaking defenders in Premier League history will be Liverpool players. So how do you feel about that? I think it's amazing. <clears throat> and I'm not surprised that it, that Trent is right behind them. Uh, their style of play, it really starts from the back and it's, it's them two that has made their high octane, I guess, a uh, style of attack flourish. Um, I don't remember what team they were playing, but this has probably happened multiple times. Marcus probably will say, yeah, I was watching them. It literally was three passes for them to score from, it went from like Robertson to Trent to like Salah or went from Trent to Robertson to Salah. And I'm like, dang, how they how, how they do this so fast and efficiently and i i think it's tight it's it's a testament to crossing the ball ain't easy man and dan you actually just told me statisticians didn't give a fuck about assists so the fact that they're counting <laughs> and, and he and broke a record and their style of offense like flourishes from that style of play and Trent is right behind it it's tight it's cool man shows like what total football is like, yeah, you're a defender, but uh, help with the, the attack in some way. And so that's cool. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's dope because I never expected him to break a record like that. Um, not saying he's not a great player or anything, but, you know, when he first came to Liverpool, he just didn't expect him to be holding a record like this. And Eight mil, bro. Exactly. He was a bench really, boy. Me, and he still has like a lot of time to add on to that to that record and although Trent is behind I still think it's a bigger accomplishment for for him than it would be for Trent to to hold that record and I definitely applaud him for that for sure now Marcus go ahead take your victory lap man talk about Klopp the tactical genius hey man you heard what was that maybe episode four I sung that Klopp song in the intro Hey man, I'm, I'm I'm happy he came to Liverpool. He did deliver what he said, and like I y'all said, I I big it up a little bit more for Andy because he came <clears throat> eight mil, whole city, with Maguire. You know what I mean? They, and think about it, Maguire ended up being what almost a hundred million dollar player. So uh, for him to be able to have that record, for him to actually be to me honestly he he is the definition of a complete fullback he can defend and he can he can give you something on the offensive end and he, very few times i've watched the match and said andy is the reason we lost so much respect much love 28 coming into your prime give me about four more years of it and then go ahead and keep submitting that you the best left back that Liverpool don't have. Because history say we don't have quite a few. So just go ahead and keep itching your name up there, man. Hey, take it easy, Marcus. Stevie Nichols not having it. <laughs> I know. He's going he's gonna, to hey, he gonna hey, nah, give man, a you call. Might, you might have to accept it, man. It's very it's calm. <laughs> hey, man, Stevie Nichols, he's still one of the few defenders that ever won Football of the Year in England. You got to give him props for that, man. 
that boy mine gone now, but hey, much respect, man. Much Shout love out to, to the club. Nichols. Yeah, we got the same birthday, man. I don't know. I got a lot of birthday with random people, but shout out Stevie Nickel. But hey, let's get into it, man. Legacy talk. Um, last week I gave my top 10, and it's time for the brothers to give their top fives. You know, we all have perspectives on how to evaluate greatness. I gave my last week. Please go back and tune into that if you missed it. And I'll say my top five real quick again. Um, number one, Pele. Number two, Messi. Number three, Maradona. Number four, Ronaldo Nazario de Lima. Number five, Mbappe. So set it off. Claytis, I know you've been waiting for this one, man. Take your time. Break it down, man. How do you evaluate greatness? And what's your top five? Clay. <laughs> oh, he might 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 be stuck looking for PowerPoints. Marcus, you go ahead, man. <laughs> All right, man. Um I I feel the legacy talk, uh, where you said, I don't know. I, I have my my history of like a legacy guys would be kind of short. So my top five is Pele, number one, Maradona, number two, Messi three. The only Ronaldo number four, <laughs> and see, and right now CR seven at number five. Um, the explanation behind mine is um, I go Pele and Maradona because they are no longer playing, and Messi is still continues to build towards his legacy. So I'll I'll let him be third for right now. Maybe he can get one more Ballon d'Or, and that'll move him up over Maradona mm -hmm. for me. Um, but CR7, he's pretty much going to drop kind of if K Killian keeps continuing, but for right now, I'm going to give him his flowers. So that, that, that's what my five is. Yeah. My, my fault fellas. I couldn't come off mute. Oh, you good, man. Go ahead, bro. Well, yeah. So this is a hard list to make. You feel me? It's a hard list. But thinking about it, I have Pele as number one. And then after Whoa, whoa, whoa. When did this happen? Hold on, man. I have Pele number one. But after considering what this guy has done and the, the, the electricity that he brought to his people, I had to go with Maradona as number one. Hey, hey. Okay, break that down. I feel like we I, we got to witness more of Maradona. I mean, we've seen Pele, you know, great matches and everything. But I feel like with Maradona, we kind of seen how he really, like, grasped the sport and took a hold of it everywhere he went. And I just feel like he just embodied the people more than Pele did. And I feel like that's what edged it for me. So then number three, I have Lionel Messi. At number four, I have Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. Number five is a very hard decision. Very, very hard decision. And it's between Ronaldo and Zinedine Zidane. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> what'd you do? What'd you go with, man? What was the decision? What was the tiebreaker, if you will? The head, but it took him over top. 
sadly, I had to go with Granado Lima because I've seen, I've watched millions of videos and I've watched games of Zidane and there's no disputing it. Even he'll agree on this. But when you watch that boy run towards you with the ball, you sit down, you know, like it's just it's a different type of magic when he's dribbling and when he's moving around on the pitch with the ball. So, yeah, Ronaldo's going to take that at number five. Hey, I dig that. And um, I wish I I don't know if I can find it, but I saw footage of right before the 98 World Cup final between Brazil and France. They had a video of like the France defenders, Frank LaBeouf, uh, Desailly, Deschamps, uh, Turam, they were all talking about, hey man, what do we, how can we defend Ronaldo? And bro, yeah, I remember that video. I remember that video. Shit. It was shit. It was shit. They didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to talk to him in the hallway, like, yeah, you going to chill out, bro? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Anthony, let us know your top five and your thinking process, man, because I got more questions for you, Cletus. All right, so. My standard is based off World Cups and uh, overall jigginess and what I think uh, their style of play brought to the to the pitch overall. So I'm going to go with Pele, number one, Messi, number two, Maradona, number three, R9, number four, and then Ronaldinho, number five. Well, Ronaldinho, number five. I like that, hey. My favorite footballers of all time is Ronaldo, Nazario, Henri, and Ronaldinho. So, hey, I love that. And for me, what do you guys think? I used to think um, Ronaldinho is like the rightful heir, the real rightful heir of Maradona in a way, in terms of they're the most, they're the flair gods. No one, I don't think anybody was jigging than them at their peak. Yeah, you- that's, why, that's why I put them in my list. I think his jigginess was way too uh it was alien. And so that that alienness was is something even the closest I've seen is now is is Neymar. And that's yeah. still not you know, it's still not it. So it's and I also feel like with Ronaldinho, his style of play, that samba style was like very I won't say new to European football, but like it was more, you know, broadcast, you're able to see it more often. And it was, like, very appealing to the eyes. So I could see why, like, somebody like him would be kind of thought as, like, the heir to Maradona and that, you know, somebody that will be in the top five of all time. For sure. And um, um, there is proof that um, Ronaldinho has said, even though he's a Brazilian, Maradona was his idol. And in 2001, Maradona asked Ronaldinho, hey, man, come kick it with me in Buenos Aires. And let's play football. They said Ronaldinho, he didn't play well. He was shook because he's like, hey, I'm playing with my, against my hero. Like, he was nervous. And um, Maradona autographed his autobiography. And he said, hey, if there was anybody I'd pay to watch, it would, the only one would be you. So, yeah, man, they always had a great respect for each other, that a lot of love for each other. So it is cool that um, they had that relationship. And then... As you guys know, Ronaldinho was the king of Barcelona, the number 10, and he took Messi under his wing, Maradona Jr., if you will. So that is a cool relationship that they have together. So, Cletus, I got to ask you, man, what 
what made you put uh, Messi over Cristiano? Because I know for most for the, the whole time I've known you, you've always been a Cristiano guy. So what was the deciding factor to put Messi above Cristiano? I mean, he's he's won the World Cup. I think that's that's the only you know difference. But I mean, if you ask me if I have to play a match and pick between one individual, I'm going to pick Cristiano at the end of the day. But with him winning the World Cup is something you have to acknowledge at the end of the day, you know. I I was gonna say this too about my list. I I've had to factor in some of the players that I actually would consider to be in that top five. I weren't. I wasn't able to watch. Like Cruyff would have been a guy I would have had in there. Um, I didn't see Zidane till late to the end towards the end of his career. So I didn't see that the prime of the run. Um. But those were some of the that was like also a factor, like going back what you were saying about like what what went into making our our five or whatever. Um, I did like I do like Anthony's um adding of uh, Ronaldinho because shit he, he for a period in time Osaka he he was that guy so yeah yeah he was and Anthony like I used to tell you man when I was telling people about, man, Ronaldinho, he he led La Liga in assist. He led Serie A in assist. He led the Brazilian League in assist before. He led the Champions League in assist. They were looking at me like a like a loser. They was like, what is that assist? <laughs> How many goals did he have? They didn't care. So, yeah, I used to always be like, hey, man, he, for me, is the best playmaker I've ever seen because I saw him boss different leagues and always be the best playmaker in them. So yeah, I like that having him at number five. But um, man, so Cletus, I gotta ask you this. Um, do you because I do, and I wonder, I'll ask all of y'all. Um, do you guys differentiate who the greatest is from who the best is? Because for me, the greatest is who has the strongest resume, and then of course the best is who do you think is the more complete player? Do you guys look at it the same way too, or is it? different for you guys it's hard to to judge that because you still have like active players on this list so you can't necessarily say the greatest or the best but you could just look at their current stats and say all right based on what you achieve and where you're at now this is where your trajectory is or this is where you you might end up once your career is over because who knows Cristiano might win something who knows, Messi might want to I agree with that. The greatest is kind of like how you said, the resume, who got the best resume. The best, I think that's more opinion. And it's like who 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 you feel uh fit fits your criteria to, to fit that profile. But I would I would agree with what you said there, uh by saying like the different attributes, the way how you separate it. Yeah. I need to I need to hear the the question one more time. Do you separate the greatest from the best? Like for me, the greatest are the players that have the best resume. Like for me, Pele is the greatest because he is the standard of football. And you can argue Messi is too for what he's done. You can argue Maradona is also for what he's done. And you can also argue Cristiano is for what he's done. For me, that is football or soccer Mount Rushmore. But do you look at it like that, Anthony? Uh, it's, that's a funny point. Um, 
not funny, but Marcus, when he, how he brought up uh, Cruyff, I almost thought about him too because I was like, dang, uh, I wish I saw him. But it also was going to use a different like metric in how other sports like basketball, people may make it into the Hall of Fame not by winning rings, but what they add to the game. And um, somebody like Cruyff, Cruyff's greatness may stretch beyond his field play and what we see now in like total football. And yeah, that probably existed from other countries and stuff. And he, we just use him as a pinpoint, but um, there's different, like, I think greatness is like how you said Pele, it almost transcends his generation, what he did to the game. And then Messi is, is the best right now. Like I, I don't, I, I do differentiate, I guess. Is And, but I guess, Greatness has to transcend <clears throat> talent. It has to trans. It has to actually influence the sport, I guess, in it in its own way. That's how I measure it. I dig that, and like the reason why I have Cristiano seven and Cruyff eight on my list is that they weren't able to take their country to World Cup victory. But I have Cristiano higher because he did lead Portugal to a Euro. Cruyff led uh, Netherlands to the final in 74, and then he retired from international competition. But Netherlands were so great that they made the final, the World Cup final in 78 without him. So that's the only reason why I have Cristiano seven. But like I said, mine is more based on the World Cup first and then everything afterwards. But if I was to say who are the best footballers ever, then yeah, Cristiano's in the top four. You can't deny it. You can argue for just Champions League. He's the king. And he balled in different leagues, led the league in uh led goals, led the league in goals in different leagues. So yeah, I'll never disrespect Cristiano's legacy. But for me, I'll still look at the World Cup as the pinnacle of the sport. Now I got a segment for y'all, man. This is Dan's international report because a lot of people were saying, Dan, you, you're a liar. You're not going to be paying attention to international soccer. Hey, watch this. Y'all know what research I've been doing for weeks? Let me let y'all know because if you guys aren't aware, the, um, the African Championship, a.k.a. Chan, it's basically African Cup of Nation, but for domestic players. He's been watching, okay? Yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't. He he's he be watching the leagues over there. Yeah. The leagues, he be watching it, okay? Yeah, man. It starts oh, in a couple oh. weeks in Algeria. Um, and the interesting thing is that Ghana, we've never won the tournament. Um, we've been to two finals. We lost both. Morocco and Congo are the kings of this tournament. They've both won it twice. And we see how Morocco made the semifinal of the World Cup. They've used this tournament to develop their domestic talent while bringing in their European players. And you see the formula works. I want Ghana to do the same thing. But the big controversy around it right now, guys, is that our best player, Daniel Freya Barney, he is out of contract with Hearts of Oak on January 13th. And for you to be able to play in the tournament, you have to be signed to an African club. And you know what this guy is doing right now? He turned down a big offer from a Sudanese club. He turned down an offer from Leganes that plays in 
Spain's second division. And right now he's negotiating with Cincinnati of the MLS. And I'm disgusted, guys. What do you think about that? <laughs> hey, what's funny? It's a black coach on that team. So that's probably why he's coming over there. Oh, Lord. You better get, get an American visa, man. Get some PT and American visa. Yeah. And if you guys don't know, there's a lot of Ghanaians in Ohio. I think he knows that, too. I'm I'm disgusted by this. I mean, he's trying to get some PT though. He's trying to get some playtime, man. I think he would get playtime in Leganes. I want him to take the same route like Partey did. Go to Spain and boss your way up. But he wants, I don't know, maybe just like you said, he just wants that American citizenship, bro. Look straight. What you mean, Gabby showing y'all? I mean, not Gabby, but homie that left. Uh... Hey, 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 please, Ricky Puig. <laughs> Ricky Puig. He showed you the way, man. Gabby, right? Gabby. Gabby. <laughs> and then, and then another thing that's taking me off is that right now there's been news that when Ghana won the 2009 Under 20 World Cup, the coach is still saying he never got paid for that. Okay, and the players never got paid for that, and we were the first African nation to win a men's FIFA tournament and. They still haven't got paid for that. What? What? Ah, oh, man. Anthony, what do you think about that corruption, man? What, what foolishness? <laughs> oh, yeah, this brother. A lot of foolishness. Unpaid checks. Yeah, people aren't getting paid for things they did over a decade ago in Ghana, man. No, oh, man. I mean, <laughs> the the right was on the paper. They just didn't see it. Hey man, it was in the it was in the fine print. Yeah, it was in the fine fine print. They should have they knew it was coming or not. I guess yeah. shouldn't be surprised. A yeah. decade though, bro. You 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 need to eat that, bro. You ain't getting that, bro. Hey, man, hey, Uncle, Sam, I'm looking for money for Uncle Sam right now, and they telling me to keep looking. So <laughs> I know what it's like. Uh man, well. The African Nations Championship starts January 13th to February 4th in Algeria. As you guys know, it will not be available on American TV because they don't think <laughs> about this. So get your VPNs rocket, man, because I will be no I will be in America, but I'll also be in Ghana, if you know what I mean, with the VPN. Hey, this is the replacement. This is the replacement for the MLS Minute right now. Yeah, the incident national update. <laughs> but hey, let's talk about the biggest news. Benzema, man. They said he could have played round of 16, but Deschamps turned him away. What do y'all think about that? Do y'all think that's true? Of course. I mean, he was back <laughs> at Madrid playing already. He's been training like for, for two, three weeks now. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. That's a shame. Yeah. I mean, it's the World Cup. Go ahead. Nah, because what was it? They even said the um the doctor when he told Benzema after he like he texted him was like, Yeah, this is what Deshaun's gonna want me to tell you, type. And that's what happened. Yeah. It's nasty. And Zidane still won't be the French coach, man. Deschamps won't leave. Marcus, what's up with that? Hey man, what that man got going on in the background, bro? <laughs> <laughs> what he got going on, bro? Like, this probably would have been the easier way for them to probably get rid of uh, the champ. Like, man, you couldn't go back to back. We won with you. 
They just start something new. Because, bro, what beef? That be- I-, I thought him and Benz was cool again, but it seemed like that beef still still simmering. It's not just it's him. It's, uh, what's going to call it, too? Larissa and um, uh, Griezmann. Because them two niggas was hating that Benzema was back because niggas knew that Benzema had all the clout. And niggas fuck with Benz. Like, I was I was watching this video where um, Marcus, this nigga was training. Make sure you know this nigga had dinner with Benzema. Like, taking notes and shit. I'm like, oh, you see? Yeah, he is the, he's the hood like, Yeah, he's, he's the nigga from the hood that everybody fucks with. Yeah, that's why, like, um, I don't know if you guys saw it when uh, France national team were back and, you know, they were thanking the fans. Griezmann and Loris, they're losers, so they're smiling happy. Giroud's happy. Mbappe was looking straight, not smiling. Griezmann's trying to make him smile. He's like, hey, look, get your punk ass off me, bro. I'm really mad because we should have won. And it's because people like you not showing up while we lost. If Benzema was there, it'd be a different story. I know that, but. Benzema's not rocking for that. The niggas that like to lose, they okay with it. Yeah, they're happy. Yeah, you see Spurs boys. Yeah, and and, and Griezmann, you know him. He's back at Atletico. You know he's not expected to win nothing. Oh, man. He's second place. Come on now. But yeah, man, before we go, champagne goal of the week, man. I'm going to be biased. I'm going to say the soccer goal that he scored off Odegaard's accidental assist because it was too smooth, bro. The way Odegaard hit that ball, it's crazy how Saka stopped it with one touch. So I'm going to go with that one. You already know I'm going with history. The way that boy Trent put that mother effort with his, outside of his right boot, Andy, to have the knowledge, not to say I'm going to get an extracurricular touch. Mo doing what a striker does. Mwah. Keep the pinkies up. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm gonna go with um Almiron, man. That was a focused run. One, two, just followed up with the run. Yeah, layoff in the corner. Yeah, no, nah, that was a beautiful play. And then he's in, he's in form right now, so you know he definitely outside for sure. Anthony, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it over to the other side of Manchester right now, man. That Rashford set piece drum was actually all right. Very very. Very poised, mild manner for for a guy like me who didn't watch that much football the past couple of days. Nice, nice. Now, mind the club all stars. Yeah, I'm gonna say Arsenal, man. We in the club with with Uncle Wenger, the Cronkies. We in the club. Modric might be there too, trying to get a contract. So, I'm gonna say Arsenal. We in the club right now because I don't know how we still in first place. You know my, you know Modric in the club looking for that contract to try to sign <laughs> that shit. Um, I'm bringing my 18 year old boys in there. Ben Dope, Stefan Butajek, or however you said, y'all can't drink, but boy, we in the club pulling out in the 18 up club pulling all the young hoes. <laughs> Clay, this who you with the club with? <laughs> Man, I'm gonna bring Kyle with me. We outside, you know. He needs a little, he needs a little active vibe, get his mind right. Nice. Uh Anthony, who you in the club with, man? Man, I'm still trying to bring my man uh Julian Alvarez out the club, man. I think oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's still celebrating. I don't know if he's gonna be at the match tomorrow, man. So yeah, I don't I'm, think I'm he in is. the club with him. 
Nah, that's a, that's a nice one, babe. Man, champagne soccer. Y'all know who is in the club? E money bags. Ephraim's getting getting jiggy right now to the roots. So salute, man. Literally in the club. <laughs> yeah, but hey, Marcus, coming to break you off. <laughs> yeah.